Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Growing Up Female with me, Connie Simmons. This is the podcast where we chat about what it's really like to grow up female behind the shiny social media profile. I'll be chatting to a whole host of young, inspirational women about race, beauty standards, periods, body shaming, sex, relationships, social media, everything it means to grow up as a female today. So today's guest marks the first episode of Growing Up Female Motherhood. She provides me with endless entertainment on Instagram, as well as fashion info and beauty tips. She's my daily reminder that being myself is more than enough. And she actually, without realising, said one of the most reassuring things to me when I became a mum. It's the fabulous Kerry, aka Life with Ivy Coco. Welcome Hello, to Growing Up Female. Marsh there, Con. Do you know what everyone says that about my intros? They're like, oh my god, I didn't know you felt that way about me. <laughs> I'll tell you what that thing was um, in the podcast. Um, yeah, I said, yeah, basically, we were at an event and. Yeah. Um, I think we were making brownies or something. And um, you said to me, Connie, I did not feel myself for about a year. And like, I can't even tell you like that sentence to hear it from another mum, thinking like, I was thinking to myself this whole time, like, why am I not enjoying every moment of this? Like, Mm. you know, I, I don't, I wasn't feeling like, like a Disney character. Like I felt like, why, why am I not living in a fairy tale? And when you said that to me, I just felt like such a weight lifted off my shoulders. Oh, do you know what? That is something I always say. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves Mm. um, as women and as a new mum and you should do everything and be happy all the time because you've been blessed with this baby. And in the reality, it's not like that. And everyone talks about postnatal depression, like just after having the baby, but no one actually talks about you know I said a year it was probably longer than that like Mm. like when she turned one after that I was like in a really dark place Mm. um and nobody tells you or really talks about that because your hormones are supposed to be gone then and you should all be back to you know and if you're on maternity leave you're going back to work you've got a routine and if you don't go back to work you are just your child's mum Mm. and you lose your identity Mm. different how you think is different your relationships different you know even even later on there will come there comes a point where you have to start parenting that child you don't really need to parent a baby all you got to do is try and keep it alive (laughs) and you don't know if you're both going to parent the same until it comes to that point of needing to parent the child yeah and then what I mean like uh, Mr. Coco um, is from up north and has his own way of how things should be done and I have my own way how I think things should be done and he's away for work quite a lot so I'm on my own with Ivy. Mm. Um, so that was a huge, um, I think when she was about three or four, that was a whole nother test in itself, mum, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to touch on that. Like I was going to say, does it get easier? But yeah. actually at every stage yeah, is a new challenge. It doesn't get easier. <laughs> so, honestly, it's, I feel like it's not even about it getting easier. Mm. It's never going to get easier. It, there's always going to be something, you know, mm. I was just saying on Instagram, I've just gone into year two now and 
I have to home, not homeschool her, but I'm having to step up my game with her learning at home. Mm. Never really had to do in reception. That's a whole different thing in itself. And it's not about it getting easier. I think it's how you are with yourself. If that, mm. I don't even know if that actually makes sense. Like how you feel and making sure you're allocating that time for yourself because... Mm. We deal with everything. We have so many plates. And I was just saying, not even as mum, as women. Mm. Um, we have our, you know, we have our period every month, which throws everything out of whack. It, it's never going to get easier. And I think as soon as we all get that idea out of our head and the idea of how parenting and being a mum is, you know, you can't just even though we all live for our kids and stuff, but you have to remember yourself in it all. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that moment of self-care, whatever it may be, like it doesn't have to be putting a face mask on. It might just be going for a walk on your own or it might just be, you know, like eating your favourite slice yeah, of cake, exactly. you know? like that, mo- that time of you being Connie and like me mm. Because I'm not just his wife, and I'm not just mm. you know doing a school run. I'm not just Ivy's mum. I am still who I am. Yeah, and that that is also a big priority in our life, and that should be because I think when you don't include yourself as who you are, then you just you just get you just feel resentful about a lot of stuff, didn't you? Really? Yeah. No. Do you know what? It's a, such a good point, and I think. I'm a better mum when I have time away from Macy, you know, and I have a break from it or like when I'm exercising and doing stuff for me, which a lot of people might consider selfish or there's a lot of mums out there that won't do it because of the guilt. But actually, you know, you've only got so much energy and like so much patience. Like you need to take that time for yourself so that you can recharge your batteries and you can go back to being the best mum that you can be. guilt that guilt comes from society yeah it does because we that we should be a certain way like you will have guilt if you don't go back to work and you're a stay-at-home mom that that'll be frowned upon it's frowned upon if you do go back to work you can't do wrong for doing right yeah um so that that is that is just the whole thing especially now with social media like I always say well I'd love to have been a mum in the 90s so we didn't have to worry about none of this. I know. Um, used to have her mates round. They used to have a ciggy, have a glass of wine at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> play, play with Lego. And that would be it. And there would be nobody sitting there seeing it and thinking, oh, it's absolutely shocking behaviour. Absolutely yeah. shocking parenting. Yeah. You know, and my mum was brilliant. I did everything with my mum. I travelled around. You know, we used to see all of our adult friends. It's the same It's the same way I wanted to bring Ivy up, have her around adults and different people. and mm. Yeah, I remember mum used to have, they used to have coffee mornings. Yeah. And um, don't get me wrong, my mum had four kids, so it weren't easy at all. And for a long period of time, my dad supported the family financially because mum couldn't work with four kids. She did the odd thing here for a bit of cash. She's always been quite independent. But again, yeah. why should I have to explain this for my mum? I'm like defending her because I don't want people to think that my mum was just like a woman that just went and had coffee mornings. Yeah, but um, it? Like, you feel, we feel nowadays that we continue yeah justify our life choices yeah exactly it's ridiculous but I remember I've always been quite an old soul even as a kid and I remember these coffee mornings and she would meet up with the other mums and I remember one of the one of the kids was ill and they took the mum took the kid to the coffee morning I thought what I'm doing that like have you seen the pastries on 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 the table like there's no way am I missing the next coffee morning so I put my head against the radiator made it go hot and told my mum I had a headache oh, so, she, so she, she took me to the coffee morning <laughs> oh, no, so yeah no I I just you know I do think like there was a lot less pressure. My mum managed to build a really good circle of friends from the mums at the school. And I don't know if that still happens now. Obviously, I'm yet to be a mum at the school, but... Do you know what? I think it does, but I think it's a lot harder. Yeah. I think it's a lot harder. And I think, um, you know, a lot of women now are going back to work. So it is mm. quite hard, you know, to form relationships. Yeah. Um, because we're all so busy now. There's so many demands. Yeah. yeah, like you don't have enough time for your own friends, let alone new ones, I feel. That's how I feel. 
Yeah, I feel exactly the same. And as much as I do have like a few, me and um, one of the mums have started doing just like a Friday coffee morning in the car park because neither of us have time to actually go somewhere and have a coffee. So oh, that's nice. I bought a Starbucks. Obviously, I was late because that's just me to a T. But um, <laughs> I bought a Starbucks and she bought a, bought a cost of the week after. And it's just nice just sat having a chat just about normal stuff and not continue talking about, oh, did you get this week's homework? What do you think about this week's yeah. homework? You know, just moaning and talking about moaning about our husbands yeah just having like just girl chat and I went out Friday and that whole weekend I felt so content from just going out and mm. just being with other people and we were all mums mm. and we didn't talk about the kids really whatsoever mm. you know we talked about you know we talk we do what girls do you talk about sex you talk about when you're younger yeah about friendships just just yeah, I love that. You're basically we're basically becoming like what dads are. Dads don't talk about their kids when they're together. They don't go out and talk about their kids, do they? They talk about football. But that's what I mean. It's not football even football and beer. Before the plates, like mentally, we carry so much. Our brains are continually ticking over, thinking about right, we've got to do this. You know, the dads obviously some dads, and I'm not obviously bulleting. There's some dads who obviously are, and obviously there's yeah. gay parents and stuff. I'm not saying that, but I mean it's it's as women in a lot of the relationships and a lot of the time, I think we probably carry a lot more head stuff. You know, I deal with all our bills, making sure everything's paid. Mm. You know, and I'm sure he has stuff he worries about as well. But, they, they, you know, just as women with your hormones, there can be, we do deal with a hell of a lot. Yeah, I mean, for me in my relationship, it's traditional in a lot of ways that, like, his work feels more important than mine. Like he couldn't take a day off if Macy was ill. It would be me taking the day off or like childcare. I, I'll, I'll put it by him, but I'm the one organizing it. Yeah. Um, but then we're, we're not traditional in a lot of ways that he's a lot more hands-on than other da- dads back in the day would be. Yeah. And I'm working and earning just as much as him, which was probably unheard of back then. But yeah. How that leaves me sometimes is feeling a little bit resentful towards him, which I don't mean to. But in my head, I'm thinking I've had her all day whilst I'm working. I've cooked dinner. uh, I'm putting her to bed and you're in there on the PlayStation. Like and my blood's boiling. And I'm thinking, why haven't you turned around to me and said, leave that. I'll I'll sort the bathroom out. I'll put her to bed. And some days he does. But on the days he doesn't. I'm just like, I've still got to write my questions for my podcast tomorrow. I've still, you know, and it's 10 o'clock at night. So, like... Unless we were a brain surgeon, I think, especially from working from home, it's a very different way of work. It's a very different way of working. And as much Mm. as our job is more mental, you know, Mr. Coco's job is a lot more physical. Mm. And he'll say, like, oh, you know, I've got, like, a manual job. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know that. But, like, mentally... Mm. I still have a lot to deal with and listen I can't complain that I've got a a, I'm very well I shouldn't even say lucky we're very very 50 50 in this house like he'll wash up he I don't do any clothes washing you know it is very very 50 50 but it took a long time I think for us to really get there and for him to fully understand and accept my role and what I do and Mm. all the weights that I carry Mm. see I'm I'm still I'm still working on that I, I do <laughs> most of the washing and I do the cooking and the cleaning yeah. <laughs> but do you know what though that is like that for me is like self-care because I'll go in there and I'll cook like I don't I'm quite happy to wash up because I'll prop my iPad up and watch some crap on there or whatnot and like he'll be with Ivy doing stuff with Ivy and I'm like I feel like I'm away and I'm just cooking and yeah that's that's nice I really enjoy actually doing that yeah I do enjoy the cooking I must say and whenever I say like I've been in there cooking he's like oh he always goes oh shut up Kel like you love being out there on your own doing your cooking I'm like yeah actually I really do (laughs) yeah why are you moaning about the cooking for it's your bloody job I actually really enjoy doing that obviously some people don't I know people he couldn't cook to save his life but you know some people's partners do cook everything is just different isn't it really yeah I guess every relationship is different and people have their people have what they're good at and what they're like I wouldn't want Ricky to cook me dinner to be quite honest for me like a shit meal is just like breaks my heart so 
I will, I will do the cooking and you know I will just say to him look go and put a wash on for me and he'll do it yeah. so it's more like for me the frustration is more like I have to say I need this done for him to do it if I don't say nothing nothing will get done yeah for me it's that it's more the proactiveness of I I feel like my dad's like it as well so I was just about to generalize men but in the in the house that I live in and grew up in, it was women telling the man what to do and then getting bollocked for being a nag. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm the, we're the opposite because he's the nag. Okay. We're the, we're totally the opposite. Oh, well, he's the nag. I'm a nightmare. So we went away for the weekend. Right, he'll come home and put come back Sunday night and put all of his stuff away. I've literally just carried my bags from the lounge into the bedroom to do that today and it's Wednesday. Like we are <laughs> we even though we're so very similar, he's the nag. He'll be like, Can can you can you do this? Can you get that done? Yeah. I'm, I'm but it, it, it must work. Like you've been together a long time, haven't you? Yeah. Coming up for thirteen years now. Yeah, amazing. You got married quite young. Yeah, how old was I? What, twenty three? Yeah, how 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 did that feel? Like, did you feel young? Did you? Uh, you know what? I was fine until it came to the day, and I literally shit myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I couldn't speak to anyone. I was just like, mm-hmm. I did not want to speak to anybody on that day until oh, it was shit. done. And yeah. it was really weird because you don't, you don't. And then as soon as I got there and saw him, I was like, oh. Like, it's okay, it's it's okay. Fine. yeah. And I think we we went away to Cuba. And did it so that it wasn't like a big wedding or anything like that. Stunning, you look stunning. Oh, thank you. We had like my mum and my stepdad, and then like two random people we met on the plane that we got on well with decided we said, Oh, come along to our wedding. And oh, nice because it was all about us. Mm. Sometimes with weddings, it you you know, yeah, goes into it planning, you just kind of like lose sight of it all. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was lovely. Then we came back and we did two big like wedding parties but um yeah oh god I was so nervous I feel like that's how I I want to do my wedding now like with everything that's happened I feel like I would love to just have an intimate ceremony with like our siblings and parents and then like maybe a maid of honor and a best man which is probably his brother anyway yeah and then I just want to have a big party I think quite a lot of people are doing that now. I've seen quite a lot of, I think there's always a pressure. Like, oh, if you invite them, you have to invite yeah. them. And there's family that you have to invite because technically they're family, but you don't really like them. Or yeah. you're not. I think it's like the perfect excuse. Everyone's just like, let's get married now. We don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when when did Ivy come along after you were married then? So you were married at 23 and then you had I Ivy when? I must have had Ivy when I was gave birth when I yeah I gave birth when I was 25 okay and and what was like what did you, was she planned like what did you expect yeah, she, was, she was planned yeah so we was trying for about six months until I fell pregnant with Ivy okay um, and I really enjoyed my labor like I'm a bit of a I'm a huge like I like to have control of the situation mm. um so my waters went about five o'clock at home mm. and we called the husband and I was like yeah don't bring a bag I'm sure you won't need it and I was like okay fine and then on the way like we stopped at Marks and Spencer's because I was like I'm not eating hospital food I'm gonna get some nice yeah. M&S. got um got a bag full of food went along to the hospital and then my contraction started about nine o'clock and she came at dead on four in the morning oh I, wow I really like the contractions are horrific labor sorry if you're pregnant and listening to this but the labor the labour in itself, I quite enjoy it. But then again, everyone is so different. I didn't have anything. I had gas and air. I was quite happy giving birth. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't mind the like pushing side of it. Yeah, uh, but she came. It was only four pushes and she was out. But um, yeah, my labour was only about seven hours long, start to finish. So they class labour as like from when you're seven centimeters. So my labour really was only about three hours. Wow, that's all right, isn't it? But I think my, but I, I was still in massive pain. I thought she was coming out my ass. Yeah, I felt like that as well. Oh my god, I said to my mum, "I'm having a prolapse. My guts are coming out my bum hole." Yeah, like no one told me that my bum was gonna hurt. Yeah, that's the first thing I said. I said, "Have I pooed myself?" Yeah, I went on the toilet, and they said your baby's coming on the toilet, so I had to like no. scuffle, scuffle onto the beds. Yeah, 
Oh, my God. I brought the Andrix wipes as well. I was like, can I just wipe my bum, please, before I get on the bed? Because <laughs> I did do a poo on the toilet. Yeah. And, and they were like, you've got no time for that. Like, we don't care. Just no. get on the bed. Four pushes oh later. She was, I know. Horrific. I did have stitches. I had to go straight into theatre because um, my placenta went back up. The umbilical cord broke off the placenta and the placenta shot back up. No. Oh, yeah. So I went into labour, but you know what? I didn't, I held her and I was like, oh, she's tiny, whatever. And then they sorted her out and they took me to labour and I, I wasn't even worried. I was just like, take me wherever you want, do whatever you want to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and I just lay in this room. It was white, it was quiet. And I didn't feel anything. They had to like pump up the epidural because they had to scoop the placenta out of me from like using their arm, hand. Oh my god! But you know what? I I don't want to scare anyone. It it wasn't. It was obviously afterwards. I was in a lot of pain for a while. It took a, uh, my recovery was unreal. But in that moment, it was actually quite nice to have that peace after. Yeah, like, of course the labour but yeah no I'm with you I would do labour over and over but I don't enjoy being pregnant but I've only been pregnant once so yeah no, I, every pregnancy is different again I wasn't like a huge oh I just I'm not one of them oh, I just absolutely love being pregnant like obviously no. I loved what I was carrying my child but you know again I lost my you lose yourself in your pregnancy yeah you can just put on what you want from your wardrobe you know yeah. and yeah. That sounds like quite an un- ungrateful way of thinking about it. But, um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And, that, again, you're supposed to be growing and skipping through fields, loving the fact you're growing a human. And I, yeah. worked, like, I called my work and was like, I'll just let you know I've had the baby, so I'm going on maternity leave now. Um, I worked right up until the day I gave birth wow. um, because I just couldn't imagine just sitting at home doing sweet F.A., yeah not it's not me as a person you know like we were talking we did talk touch on it before but when Ivy was born did you just feel this absolute like uncontrollable love or has your love grown for her no to be fair I did feel I I felt it straight away like she was like the apple of my eye immediately um and I know not a lot of people do feel that way and I think it all depends on you know a lot of aspects but I did I did I felt that way when when I was pregnant with her like I just couldn't wait like I didn't even cry when I gave birth I was just like she's here like it was just such a relief to have Mm. her in my arms and I felt like you know well you know what me and I was like anyway she's literally like Mm my favorite as much as she drives me mad she's my favorite person like, she's amazing she's she is amazing. Amazing. She is my is my shadow I love being with her um because I think we've just spent so much time it just being me and her yeah um but yeah no as soon as she came here I did feel it straight away I was just like oh I just love that's amazing see for me I felt I did when I look at the video my mum managed to film the like like just as they put her on me so like just after she came out like it was literally like half a second after she's come out yeah and mum's filmed that like moment and I can see like the the love's there when I look back but at that time like I kind of felt like oh my like fuck it's happened like I felt I was in survival mode yeah well I think it's just like all the adrenaline all the stuff that you're pumped with you know like you're no longer pregnant it's hard to really know how you're feeling isn't it yeah I I think you'll you never really know until you actually look back on it and think yeah at the time I would never have known like when she was obviously when I was saying about when she was like one year year and a half I would never have really known how dark of a place I was in until now when I look back on it yeah because you just you just power through you, you keep going for them as well don't you yeah you just crack on with it yeah see for me one thing I feel guilty about is like how much my negative body image affected how I felt towards yeah. Macy so like I, I hated the body that like I had just spent so long getting body yeah. confident and it all just went out the window and it was because I was pregnant I had I was pregnant I had this baby and I felt this like sometimes I was like god you've done this to me yeah like, look at the state of me like in the mirror like my belly's hanging over like the skin 
because I carried so low like I couldn't recognize myself and I felt like this like I loved her but I also felt so angry like oh my god I've got to go like I, I just it's hard for me to explain it without sounding so awful but it was obviously just a mental thing and that made it hard for me as well like I, I lacked so much confidence and I didn't leave the house for like four weeks because I just felt so ugly and horrible yeah I went through the same same thing I would do like every sort of diet I did booty um you know I did I did everything that you see that is, I was that person that was seeing think that's my that's the answer yeah that I will drink it all and I will be so happy and that's the answer for it and I was like I was like a size 12 like I weren't I weren't even big I'm bigger than I'm like I'm bigger now than what I was then mm. and um yeah, I was. I remember we was going on holiday, and I was so, so, like worried about going in a bikini on our first family holiday, mm. and forked out fortunes. I would cry to my mum, and my mum paid for it. I had this like treatment where it's supposed to like melt fat. They put all these things on you mm. to like melt fat. So I was so conscious of my hips and my stretch marks, and I was doing all of this stuff to me just to go on our first family holiday. And I look back at it now, and I think. Jesus like mm. you know and as I said it's one of those you don't realize it until you look back on it yeah 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 it's only when Ivy got to a certain age like if you said the word fat around Ivy she goes oh you shouldn't say that you're not allowed to say, mm. it. say that you That's know good. I know obviously there's times you have to say fat there's nothing wrong with the word fat but I got to a point where I was like I, I just would be mortified if she ever stood yeah. and picked at herself the way I would pick at myself There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why united healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi, is back. And Series 2 has got some incredible guests lined up. Here is a little taster. People see mental illness as a weakness, but I think people with mental illness are stronger. I'm a proud gay man now. I feel proud every single day. So then I had to go about the task of trying to accept it because I wasn't going to get plastic surgery and I wasn't going to change it. You know, those moments in your life, it was like a thunderbolt. And Was it really? A big time. The conversations I've been having have blown my mind and I cannot wait for you guys to hear what's to come. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss one of our amazing episodes. They will be out every Wednesday morning. That's The Moments That Made Me with me, Roxy Nafusi. Find it wherever you found this podcast. For me, I can't just speak to myself and say, you're enough, you're, that's not enough. I have to take action. So like, I know what makes me feel good, whether that's exercising like three, four times a week or, yeah. you know, like just reducing the amount of junk that I'm eating. With the whole thing with the word of you're enough, unless you believe it, yeah, you're in that headspace. Yeah, it, it don't work. Sweet FA, yeah. yeah. It's all well and good throwing around these, these sort of, terminology but you you have to believe it in yourself and I think yeah. the whole phrase now like you are enough 
it's sort of like oh, it, makes, make, it actually makes me like church, like it is a bit, isn't it? Like you can't say you can never say that. Yeah, I just think that I just I do I'm a massive believer that like you know, reading quotes on Instagram just isn't enough to make you feel good about no. yourself. Like I I am so into the whole like self-care, health, um yeah. move moving your body, like you've got to do things in order to feel that way because those things release endorphins and make you feel good about yourself. Like it's there's a science behind it. Oh like, no, 100%. like I don't I'm not a huge gym bunny or anything like that, but you know, I like um combat classes. I was going quite a lot at the beginning of the year, um, before we went into lockdown. And um Oh God! I That's it. You out. find what you like, isn't it? Yeah, I would come out and I'd be there punching. I'd be like, "Yes, yeah, do me the world of good." You, you might know, like boxing yeah. then as well. I love. Boxing. Yeah, I would. I definitely love boxing. Like swimming as well. Like I love mm. getting in the water and just like feeling free. So once I kind of like realized that, like, right, this has happened, and your body's just done done something amazing. Yeah. You overeat during your pregnancy, Connie. So, one, what do you expect? I was just quite honest with myself. Like, yeah. it's not bloody Macy's fault you ate three jacket potatoes a day. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Or like a whole bar of dairy milk every single day, and crunching up cornflakes was literally like coming out of my bloody ears. Run with cocoa pops. That's where our name come from. Yeah, I love that. I heard, I heard you mention that before. Yeah. So like for me like next time if I am lucky enough to feel pregnant again like I'm going to do things so differently for my own mental health like you know everyone's going to put on weight during pregnancy your body's going to change but there was definitely things that I could have done and I've learned so much from the first pregnancy that I'm not going to do this time round because it's not fair on me and it's not fair on Macy and this baby for me to be feeling like that so yeah I think actions definitely speak louder than words and being a little bit tough with yourself yeah you got to enjoy it as well like if you want to eat a bar yeah you're pregnant eat a bar of dairy milk yeah exactly but I mean a large bar every single day is probably not going to make you feel good in the long run no (laughs) (laughs) not the way to go no I know I don't know what I was doing um so speaking of falling pregnant again Kerry I know this is like quite a like a personal question and subject but I really wanted to touch on it today I've never seen that emotional side to you um until all of this and you were moving house and you had a lot going on um so let's talk about secondary infertility like I don't know anything about it and it's the first time I've ever heard of it yeah do you know what it's such a common thing but I think we just think like oh if you if you know everyone says oh you've fallen before you'll be fine like you just think like it will happen again and you'll be fine mm. um, that's not always the case and that's not always the case for a lot of people um so yeah as I said it took six months to fall pregnant with Ivy and we've been trying for nearly three years now um mm. I've had umpteen tests both of us I've had um like I've had like uh, two operations this year um and it's just I don't know it's just it's a weird thing because and I think a lot of people don't talk about it if they are feeling it because they would be made to feel ungrateful or bad because there's some women out there who can't have kids um and that's not the case. It's not about being ungrateful or no or any of that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to to have another child and everyone's allowed to feel however they feel when it can't happen you know yeah for sure Um, but yeah I think it's it purely is just lack of people talking about it lack of knowledge someone messaged me saying like I've never heard of this before I've been trying for over 12 months now and it's really Mm. made me think I need to go and see a doctor and that's the thing like you you should if you if it is taking 12 months you may fall pregnant the next month but you, you peace of go, mind yeah you should go and see a doctor just because the whole process with the NHS and I'm no way slating the NHS but it's such a long process mm. especially when it's secondary infertility mm. like you can't most places I know it's all different for different areas for your first you can get IVF you can get one run, two runs. Some areas you can't even get one run. Mm. Um, with secondary infertility, there is no IVF 
on the NHS. It just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, so I had my op um, back, oh, when was it, in August? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it was in August. And, and what did it entail? So the first one I had, I was awake for. Um, that was a high cosy. So they put a catheter up your nun mm. into your womb. And and then there's like a um, then they sort of scan. Did they scan on the outside? I can't even remember now. It was horrific. Um, they put a, a what do you want to call it? A saline solution through all of your tubes and your right. Work, if there's any blockages and to show up like any. Um, so it's like a, they flush through. Yeah, they sort of flush through the system to see if, and they to see whatever what's going on, which is fine. And then they put like a foam solution through. And now that was something that was I really like nearly passed out. It was the most horrific thing I've ever gone through. Really, was it painful? Um, oh God! Oh bless you. I think everyone's different. The, my body just sort of fully cramped up, and the pain it caused. Oh God! My fallopian tubes to cramp and close, so no fluid was going through my tubes. So they thought that my tubes were blocked. Right. Um, which is why I then had to have a colposcopy, which I had done in August, where they do it's like keyhouse they go through my belly button your belly button in mm. your sides and again to have a look to see if your tubes are blocked and if anything luckily my tubes aren't blocked there was a little bit of like endometriosis scarring which I've never really suffered from but I have had a colposcopy uh, before um before IV about two years before her um because they thought I had endometriosis right. then um so, yeah, and then that consultation now will not be until the 28th of October. Do you see what I mean? And we went to the doctors in November. Wow. And I get, an, we've done everything now that they can do with going in and having a look. So we find out at the 28th of October. That's what I mean. Like, with the time frame of it. It's taken six, as more as, than six months, nearly a year. Nearly a year, yeah. So with the time frame for it, that's why if, like, if it has taken... 12 months you're entitled to then go to the doctor and I kept putting it off I didn't go after 12 months because I was just like I was I had the busiest most amazing work year last year mm. I went to you know I had the most amazing opportunities and I was like it's not happening for a reason you know yeah. um it's because I'm doing all of this stuff we're having so many great holidays and I'm living my best life and bloody blah, blah. <laughs> and then I just got to a point I was like I need to like do something about this now because this is just not happening and it's coming up to two years mm. so that's why we went to the doctors so you don't know anything about your ovaries or your eggs or anything like that you no, just I haven't I haven't yet just because I have so much on at the moment obviously we're renovating um the house um our new house and that is literally taking so much headspace which has kind of been a good thing because it's fully distracted me from the fact of being able to get pregnant. I just recommend if it has been for a month, just go and get it, go and see someone, you know, go and get it because it, it can be such a long process. And I think then for me, that's when it really hit me that it wasn't actually happening because it's like, it's all well and good feeling something and thinking something, but saying it out loud can make it a reality. Yeah. And the fact that we then started to do something about it, January, I made a decision that I wasn't going to do any work. I was not going to work um, because I just couldn't mentally. I wasn't there. I couldn't be on Instagram saying, hey, mm. I love this shampoo when I was in the in a really shitty place. Um and it's like the whole, all the emotions of trying to get pregnant that I haven't really dealt with, the feelings and emotions of, all hit me in that one month. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, January, February was quite hard. And then I started to have reflexology every other week, um, which was amazing. And I just really enjoyed that. It, I felt like it was helping. Um, I've just stopped that at the minute just because, obviously, the health of can't afford to do it at the minute yeah but yeah that really really helps and I do want to do acupuncture but it'll be you know I won't fully know what they've said until the 28th when I have that um when I have that telephone appointment but they what I do know is I do have a low egg reserve mm -hmm. and I do have a lazy ovary okay 
So, so it's just putting all the pieces together and then just finding a solution. But it just yeah, takes but, time. You know, I could have IVF next year, which I said if I'm still not next year, I will go for IVF. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can still not work. You're not guaranteed. Yeah. So how are you feeling about it all now? Are you feeling more relieved that you're getting starting to like you're facing it and you're like on your way to finding more answers or are you still just feeling like what is going on? I think um, I think if it wasn't for the house and all of that at the minute, I think I would probably still think about it a lot and have sad days. So do you think you're do you think you're kind of still not facing it fully no because I I have like I am fully facing it and I've fully dealt with every emotion changes of diet mm. I have I am fully facing it yeah but I just like, you're grateful for the the, the house and having something else to focus on like literally sucking the life out of me at the minute um so I don't even have, to, I don't have the time to sit there and be sad about what's not. You're, you're grieving the life that you thought you would be living. At mm. this point, I thought I'd have a baby. I'd have a pram on the school run, you know. Um, obviously, I still have days and I'll have a little tear. Laura Cleary did her pregnancy announcement and she video recorded her telling her husband when she first did her test and then telling her husband. And that like set me off and he came in he was like what's wrong with you I was like I'm just having one of those days today and it will just catch me off up it's as soon as I sit there and like I give it the headspace yeah yeah I'm a bit like you I'm better off being busy and still dealing with it and like not brushing it under the carpet and talking about it when I can and but yeah I'm like you I, I it's good for me to be busy when you know I'm having when something you know yeah, it's just on your mind, isn't it? To be fair, like lockdown was was a quite um, like a welcomed break for me because yeah, I just like do you know what like uh, we was drinking, you know, even he doesn't really drink, and we were sat drink, we have a we were like yeah, should we have a beer? And we're like yeah, go on then. And I'd stopped all of that. I wasn't drinking. I'd gone plant based on a plant based mm. diet. And I thought, sod it, I'm going to eat the cheese. And I think with him being there and constantly being with Ivy, it was nice. And there was a few days where I did get really, really upset about stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes I just wanted to hug you through the phone. <laughs> oh, bless you. And do you know what? Like, I always worry about pressing the send when it is something so emotional but I just feel like I really struggle to then be on and pretend to be okay when I'm not no I think that's what's so good about you thank you (laughs) honestly I think that all like that's why we follow you like you are so real and um like you show that well obviously there's a lot that you don't show of your life but you know the aspects you choose to show I love that it's not always perfect or I love that some days you wear makeup and some days you don't you know yeah. like all this and when you shared that for me it was just like I was I was just in awe of you for being like brave in a way and also like I knew how many women you'd be helping by doing that and yeah and I think that's the thing isn't it like mm. sometimes you have to put yourself out there for yeah you help other women either sure or just to give them comfort because when you see on Instagram all the pregnancy announcements if they're not talking about their journey on how they've got there while that's going on nobody knows how long it's taken Mm. you know like you see it and you think everybody's getting pregnant instantly when that's not always the case yeah for sure exactly exactly I think there's a lot there's a a lot of time people do want to portray their life to be so perfect on Instagram and I don't know why because I don't think it benefits anyone it doesn't benefit the person and it doesn't benefit anyone watching it yeah but I think that's just society sad and like some women have some people have a dated view of how Mm. it should be like we put on our makeup and we take the kids to school and we we take a break for ourselves and go and have coffee and sometimes people do that you know some days go like that, but not not every day. So you know, every everybody is different, and some people feel some people don't want to show themselves and stuff that's going on, and that's how they deal with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I do things by venting and putting it out there, like mm. words from it, and then I feel like I can get over it, and I can be like, right, mm. okay, because if I just come on and just be like, hi, la la la. 
Then yeah, I, I feel like I'm not being like authentic because I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I'm exactly the same as you. And Ricky's so private. And now he just goes, oh, for God's sake, what are you telling everyone now? He's like, can you not tell any, everyone wh- where we're moving to, please? And like, yes, the pre-war me. And I'm like, for God's sake, I just like, I just feel like it's therapy for me. And it's like, it is. it is, yeah. It's like, you know, that friend that you can just get all off your chest and they'll listen. Yeah, and you and- don't really get any judgment. Well, you obviously there are judgments with social media. I, I choose not to take any notice of it. Whatsoever. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, you know, and you don't have anyone sitting there to your face giving you any judgment because you don't have to, you can switch off your phone, you don't have to look at your DMs. You can say yeah. you don't have to look at your DMs if you don't wanna. Do you have any advice for anyone listening that might be going through secondary infertility or like they might think that that might be the case? I don't know how you can advise on that because it's it's just there is no do you know what I got sick of? I got sick of the silver linings. I got sick of saying, oh, yeah, but at least you can sleep at night or at least you have ivy or at least you can oh. or at least you're doing that. There no. is no silver lining in mm. it. So that's my only advice. Mm. <laughs> no, there, there isn't a silver lining. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it annoys me when people like... And well, I know yeah. people are helping, and this this doesn't come from a bad place. No, I think they're just easy. I think they're easy responses. Like I think they're lazy responses from people, in my opinion. And you know, like the whole thing, people say, "Oh, do you get sick of people asking are you could have any more?" No, not really, because it never comes from a bad place. It's just I do it with people. Oh, you can have any more. It's yeah. just a conversation filler. It's a conversation starter. You talk about it. It's just it's just normal. Like yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think, and you never know what you're going to uncover and how someone might go. Do you know what I've actually we've actually been trying? I've not told anyone, and it's taken us fourteen months. I I appreciate you. Just don't know. Yeah, you know. Um, I guess it's just being there for that person is how you come back. Like what you come back with, and like you know, I hope you know. I hope you're okay, and just making sure that they're all right. But um, for me, like I think people need to let people feel how they're feeling. Like, yeah. stop telling people, oh, you're ungrateful. Stop telling people you, you're lucky, you don't know how lucky you are. Like we're all, we've all got our own lives and our own situations and our own That's issues. Like, and... I've literally just been saying about it on social today because I've been venting today because the house is just tearing every part of my mind and my bank to pieces but aren't you lucky to have the house of your dreams Kerry is yeah, that what everyone's saying well at the minute it's not it's an absolute sight hole but you know <laughs> the thing I'm not moaning about that and it seems so it's I know it is so petty so ridiculous but it's still my current situation and it's called yeah. me issues and feelings mm. I have friends that are going through the most imaginable thing at the minute like I can't even I, I literally have no words for what they're going through. So I get that. I know that firsthand how pathetic my, you know, issues are. If you spill milk and you're having a shit day, that will send you off like your rock or mm. something. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we're all entitled to have our have our crap, mm. you know? So yeah. there's some days there's good days, but I think the whole thing with the infertility you just have to be kind to yourself. And I know that is like a you're enough sort of saying, but you do. You have to take that time out. When those when those days come and you want to cry, you sit there, you switch off and you have those days, you cry. Mm. You let it out because covering it up and trying to crack on with those days is just not, it's not the one. And it's made my whole this year a hell of a lot better having the days where I want to sit and cry mm. than bottling it up because it will come out 10 times worse that's really good advice Kerry thanks Connie <laughs> <laughs> I, I see I asked for advice and you gave it without realizing yeah I think a good cry is really important you need a good cry even even Mr Coco will know if I will like Monday night I was crying he's like you needed that didn't you I knew you needed oh. it's been a while been a while mm. no, it's been a while so it is you just need to let it out didn't you and just yeah for sure just deal with it so what are your plans for the future then? Have you got any plans? Are you just focusing on the house? Jesus. It's hard to know what the future holds right now, isn't I it? Even, I'm not one of those planners. Oh, that's only, only when I was younger, I was like, because I'd seen my sister go through a lot, um, 
I was always like, I'm going to get married. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to get married. And I'm going to have a baby. That was like my only thing. And again, mm-hmm. society that yeah. was, I thought needed to happen, and we did that. I made sure we didn't have. Any, we got a house. We got married, and we we had a baby. So now I don't really know. You know, we've got a forever home which we're doing up. I just want to be. Yeah. I want to go to bed at night and know that Ivy's. You know, Ivy's happy. Um, I always say like I'll carry on being married until he stops me laugh until I stop laughing with him. Yeah, laughter's really important and taking the piss out yourself. Mm. Not really answered your question, but I mean, like, yeah, I was gonna say, what what piece of advice would you give you? That's I end every podcast. What piece of yeah. advice would you give your younger self? So, oh, oh, go with it. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what I did. Just stop wasting time and worrying about what you look like. Yeah, that's big. That is only my piece of advice, but then that's always going to be the case. It's never. But also, don't take yourself too seriously. Oh God, no! I've never been one to take myself too seriously. I've always been an absolute joker and piss taker. Always. That's why you're such a success, honestly. (laughs) You've got to take. You've got to take the Mickey out yourself. Life's too short. You can't be too serious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, world that's serious, like Jesus. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I'm. I can have a laugh, but I, I am, I am like a goal setter. Uh, right, I want to achieve this by this. And sometimes I'm like Connie, like just go and have a bit, just go and have fun, just go and do something spontaneous. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely talking to you. I could, I could talk to you all day, and I'm like oh, looking yeah. at the, I'm looking at the clock, thinking, oh my god, I could sit here for another hour, and you're making me, you're making me feel better about the parent that I am. So thank you, Kerry. Oh, Con, you know I'm always, always here for a chat. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and maybe even share with a friend if you think they could benefit from listening to Growing Up Female. I'll be back next Wednesday with another amazing female. See you then. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.